Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 29th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, over the weekend, despite what the show notes say, uh, Michael Portantier was not on Sundays this week on Broadway. It was there just... There in spirit. He was there in spirit. It was just James Marino and Peter Felicia, and they had a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, also the first thing that we're going to talk about on the show today when we get to the news is the passing of Bob Lapone. Um... Not only, you know, most recently in his career known as one of the co-founding artistic directors of MCC Theater Off-Broadway, but also a Tony-nominated performer in his own right, which we will obviously get into. Um, But they talked about that, the Shaw Festival, and the upcoming release of Peter's new book, which I talked to him a little bit about when I hosted uh, this week on Broadway a couple times earlier this month. Yeah, earlier this month. So check that out in the feed. Yeah. Um, there's 31 days in it, so it's technically the longest month. Uh, uh, but anyway, many others. Yes. So uh, head over into the Patreon feed and check out this week on Broadway. You can get all of our episodes there before you can hear them anywhere else. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio or BroadwayRadio.com slash Patreon. Okay, as uh, I mentioned before, the legendary, truly legendary Bob Lapone passed away over the weekend. It was sent out and really, uh, I was uh, taken aback. I got the email because I'm on MCC's subscriber yeah, list, and I got the email about Robert Lapone passing away. Mm-hmm. He had been in the middle of a three-year battle against pancreatic cancer, and he passed Ugh. away over the weekend. He is survived by his wife, Virginia, his son, or- Orlando, uh, his brother, William, and, of course, his sister, Patty Lapone. Um to kind of talk about the fact that he was a performer first. So talking about Robert Lapone as an actor, he did 11 Broadway shows. The last one was in 2001, um, which is kind of crazy to think that he did 11 Broadway shows, starting with Noel Coward's Sweet Potato in 1968, mm-hmm. running through 2001, uh, which was A Thousand Clowns. But he was, I mean, I think most known as the Tony-nominated you know, lead, I guess, Zach in the original chorus Broadway line. production of A yeah. Chorus Line. He was Zach, the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he went on to not only do that show on Broadway for quite a while, but also did it in uh, on tour and actually came back at, uh, 11 years into the run to return to the show. He was, uh, like I said, a Tony nominee, a Tony nominee for that show. He uh, also was the recipient of a Theater World Award, which we know Peter uh, is the MC, uh, the MC for. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, his most probably enduring legacy in the theater beyond a chorus line, and it's still incredible legacy, is the work yeah. that he's done with MCC, not only off Broadway, but so many things have transferred on Broadway. He has been, uh, nominated three times, uh, for best play as a producer, uh, in, uh, for shows that have transferred from MCC off Broadway. Frozen, not the musical, but the play back in 2004. Yeah. Um, Neil Butte's Reasons to be Pretty in 2009, and most recently Hand to God in 2015. Um, he was one of the co-founders with uh, Bernie Telsey of MCC and what has been going on now three decades of mm-hmm. creating some of the best Exceptional theater. theater, yeah. Yeah, and we talk about this all the time. I mean, about how just absolutely much we love MCC and so much of that is... Um, is the legacy that Robert Lapone totally. brought brought to it. So um obviously, you know, when you are the brother 
of one of the single greatest performers in the history of the medium. You get overshadowed a little she? bit, but I, I don't know. We were literally talking about the fact that you have a five foot poster of it's her fine. that you can't find don't any worry. room for a before old, we started a recording. Subway poster, Gypsy. <laughs> yeah, um, but it, I think it's incredibly important that we recognize the impact that Bob Lapone had not only as a performer but as a artistic director because he was the co-founding co-artistic director of mcc uh and and talk about the legacy that he's left and i think it'll be one that'll be felt for many 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 generations not only through the people that he worked with but also with the shows that he helped shepherd to the stage totally and that's pretty much what i wanted to say about it is that yes an exceptional actor and has a great legacy there but when you create something as prolific as mcc which is just Especially lately, putting out some of the best work that I've seen in the city and continues to do so and has been, you know, for a while now. To create something like that really just transcends whatever you do personally because you pass it on to other performers, other creators, and just keeps building and building and building. And we always talk about how much we love MCC and the work that they do. I try and see anything that they produce at this point, because I know it's at least going to be thought-provoking. And that's Lapone's legacy here. Yeah, I mean, so much. I love MCC so much so that I live in Orlando, Florida, yet I am a season subscriber You have a subscription, MCC. yeah. <laughs> I have a subscription. Yeah. I can't go to everything. Yeah, but- sure. I go because I know when I can make it, it'll be worth it. And the discounts 100%. make it easier, even though I can probably get comps. I don't want to miss anything. So yeah. um, our thoughts are with everybody who knew and loved Bob Lapone yeah. as either a performer, a producer, or as an individual. And I am sure that MCC will be sharing more details about how they're going to be honoring him oh, yeah. in the short term, probably some sort of memorial. But then also, uh, I would not be surprised if their next season or maybe if this next season is already kind of... Of not this coming one, but the one they haven't announced uh, will, uh, you know, hopefully have some sort of influence into things yeah. that he was intimately involved with. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to some news. And I've got a, a collection of stories here that are honestly all fairly thin, okay, um, but interesting nonetheless. In a new feature in The New Yorker, Sarah Bareilles re- talked about a whole bunch of things, um, everything from Into the Woods to her music to Girls 5 Eva and all of that stuff. But one of the things that she talked about, she let slip, is that the pro tape of Waitress, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. is in post-production right now. <laughs> yes. So they are actively moving forward. No idea when or where this will be made available, but it's coming. And that makes me incredibly happy as a oh, yeah. devoted Waitress fan. I've seen it yeah. four times, three times on Broadway, once on tour. Um, I love Sarah Bareilles. I love the show. So I'm anxiously awaiting this. My guess, and I have zero inside information, even though this does touch on something that I cover in my day job. I'm guessing Peacock. Like that's going to be my guess. Yeah, even though Peacock hasn't gotten into like any live musical type things before, because of her connection with with Girls Five Eva. Like, that's going to be my guess. Executive producer on the show too. I would absolutely. Yeah. On Waitress or Girls 5 Eva? Girls 5 Eva. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Very think, very possibly so. could be. She should be at this point. Yeah. Um, but very excited to see what happens with that. Of course, this was filmed back in September of 2021, shortly after they came back to Broadway. It features her and a lot of either the original or longtime people associated with the show. Um, the other 
uh, waitresses were Charity Angel Dawson, who which we will get back to here in a second. Um, uh, Caitlin uh, Houlihan, uh, and then original Ogie Christopher Fitzgerald, original Dr. Pometer Drew Galing, original old Joe Dakin Matthews, original Cal Eric Anderson, and uh, or maybe he wasn't the original, but longtime Eric uh, Cal Aaron Anderson. I can't remember if he was the original, and then. Original Earl, not on Broadway, but in Boston uh, at Cambridge, Joe Tippett, who also happens to be Sarah Bareilles' partner. So yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens with that. Don't know anything about when or where we're going to see it, but apparently yeah, but it is working. But we will see it eventually. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, hopefully. God, can you imagine if they did that like like Disney is doing with the pro tape they did <sighs> of Aladdin and just burying it? I can't stress uh, how furious I would be. <laughs> like, yeah. I have been so excited waiting for this to finally be released um just obviously love the show so much and we've known about it for way too long almost without, a year now without actually getting it at this point so yeah. we better see it i think peacock yeah. is a good guess i would not be surprised it doesn't look like that she's an executive producer on girls five ever but that doesn't Crazy. necessarily mean anything because i'm like on pro imdb looking and sometimes they don't yeah. list everything but is lauren, I, is lauren the main ep on that uh, lauren michaels i don't know no okay maybe okay I can keep Either looking way. that. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, but let's move on. I promised a little more Charity Angel Dawson uh, discussion, and that is because she is one of two different people that are playing Ella Fitzgerald at different points in her career in a new musical that is currently in development. It is called Ella, colon, An American Miracle. And we've seen shows about Ella Fitzgerald before, obviously. Uh, but this one, mm -hmm. super exciting, features a book by Anna Devere Smith, yeah. which is like, if you're going to get somebody to write a book for a musical about a real life Can't person, <laughs> there's probably no one better uh, than Anna Devere Smith to do that. It is receiving a, a month-long work session. It actually started this past Thursday and uh, is going through September 21st. Um, Tony winner Dee Dee Bridgewater and Charity Angel Dawson are playing Ella Fitzgerald at different points in her life. Um Bridgewater, obviously a little older, doing the the, the parts later in life. Mm -hmm. um, that's very, very interesting, very exciting um, to me. But I mean, I, I think this is very interesting. I don't know necessarily um, what this will be like. Obviously, there's a plenty of music that that um, that Ella, you know, made famous. So I'll be interested to see what they dig in and out of different parts of her, her canon. Um, it is uh, interesting to note that Bridgewater won a Grammy award in 1997 uh, for her album, Dear Ella. So she has been oh. intimately involved with the music of Ella Fitzgerald for a long time and uh, very excited to see what happens exciting. With moving forward. Yeah. Again, like the waitress pro tape, don't got a lot of details, but we've got some. I was just say, it's enough to have me excited about it for God only knows how long. Yeah. Speaking of things, we got a little information on, but not a ton. Uh, in an interview with Vanity Fair, the 
legendary Danny DeVito revealed that along with his daughter, Lucy, he is working on a new play that they are hoping to kind of try out and do a workshop of and bring to New York either on or off Broadway next year. He said, quote, Lucy and I are going to Vermont in a week to do a workshop of a play we've been working on that was written as a three-hander for Lucy and I and another actor. We're going to do that on Broadway or off Broadway, depending on how we situate it. And that's going to be in a year. Uh, Danny DeVito made his West End debut in Neil Simon's The Sunshine Boys back in 2012. Then he made his Broadway debut in uh, The Price, uh, the Arthur Miller's The Price back in 2017, which he was nominated for a Tony Award for. Um, done a ton of things off Broadway as well before and mm-hmm. after he became a huge you know, TV and movie star. So, Again, no idea what it is other than a three-hander starring him and his daughter. But and again, I don't even know if he's actually if they're the ones writing it. That's the way the quote sounds. But like he didn't say Lucy and I are writing this play. Um, he says we've been working on it. That was written as a three-hander. So we don't actually really even know. But Danny DeVito, um, he was promoting yeah. a new animated show. Um uh, that he is a part of that's coming out on FXX this year, this season, uh, this week, um, called Little Demon, I believe. And he's also still a, a part of the longest running live action, mm-hmm. uh, sitcom in the history of television. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. The best, the best so, slash the worst simultaneously. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, lots of, de- lots of, lots of fun things to talk about. Not a lot of details though. Yeah, I don't know, because I also looked at the quote, um, and he said that it was written as a three-hander for his daughter and himself and another actor. So it doesn't seem like he had a hand in writing it, but maybe he did have at least some part in it. I don't care either way. I am such a massive Danny DeVito fan. Yeah. Uh, He could just walk out on stage and talk, and I'd be delighted. Yeah, like, I'm old enough to remember... um like not taxi, but like, you know, that era, I guess, yeah. probably a little later, probably more with like his then wife, uh, Rhea Perlman was on like cheers and sure. I think he would show yeah. up occasionally and stuff like that. But then going into like the Matilda movie and twins oh, with, bless. uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold, yeah. like, like Danny DeVito was huge in my heyday. So, uh, excited to see what comes of this. Um, here's another one that we have some information on. This one's a little bit more information, but we don't really know the full scope of this. But as part of the Little Islands Storytelling Festival, which I guess is something that's been going on for a little over a month now over, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's over in Hudson Park area, Hudson Yards area. Mm-hmm. Um, but on September 15th and 16th, Broadway for Racial Justice will present, will present the first ever theatricalized, I don't know what exactly that means, version of the Grammy Award winning album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which to me, you're telling me you're doing a staged version of Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Like that's a huge story to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, but I don't know if it's just like, they're saying it's a, it's a staged concert event, but does that mean like it's just a concert and they're doing a little bit of like movement or is it like, is there going to be some sort of book to it? I don't, I don't know um, because I don't know what theatricalized really means, but it'll be happening on September 16th and 17th. Um, Tickets range from $25 to $45. Um, We'll have more information in that, but like the miseducation of Lauren Hill is literally one of the best. Like it's on every single best album list ever. Um, Oh yeah. I'm scrolling through Wikipedia now. Like it's on, 
um, Rolling Stones, uh, The Source, Spins, uh, NPRs, uh, you know, all of these different like best of the century lists. It's, it's the it's on there. Best selling album by a female rapper of all time, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't know that I consider her a rapper, but um, mm. but definitely R and B and soul. But like, it's so good. Like, like these are songs that like even if you don't know, don't listen to that type of music, like you know do up that thing or oh, yeah. everything is everything um x factor x factor yeah like there's just so many good ones absolutely um, so i'll be interested to see if anything happens from this there's definitely a narrative throughout that album so i yeah. can definitely see it being you know put on stage in some kind of show i don't know if that's the case here um but it definitely has the legs to do that, which would be exciting. Yeah. She wrote, or in three cases, co-wrote um, mm-hmm. every single song on the album. She produced every song on the album. There yep. were two that she had co-producers on. I will say there is there are two hidden tracks, which was definitely a thing in the 90s. Yes. Uh, for those of you that didn't list, never listened to CDs, hidden tracks were a thing. Um, but she did cover Can't Take My Eyes Off of You from yep. uh, The Four Seasons. Uh, so that's the only one she didn't actually write. Um, and like I said, there were three others that she co-wrote on. But um, yeah, fascinating. Just absolutely fascinating. I wish I was in town to see this because this mm-hmm. would be a really cool thing to see. Uh, all right, real quick, I want to talk about two things coming up in this week's theatrical schedule. Much to Grace's dismay, Mr. Saturday Night will close this coming Sunday, September 4th. I believe as of now, Grace's plan is to be there. She has a ticket. She's currently not in town. Yes. Uh, but we will see what happens. Um, she I, I, Is she going to wear her comic relief sweatshirt? I Probably. don't know. But <laughs> she did last time. Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she did it last time and she saw Billy Crystal afterwards. So who knows? We will see what happens. And then also on Sunday, the 4th, the original cast of this Broadway revival of Into the Woods will depart. Obviously not all of them are leaving, but a, a big bulk of them are. Obviously Sarah Bareilles, Brian Darcy, James, Philip Asu are all leaving. They will be replaced mm-hmm. by Stephanie J. Black, Sebastian Arcelis, Krista Rodriguez, respectively. Um, and uh, my brother and niece are going to be in town. They're going to be seeing it on the evening performance on the third, yes. so the second to last performance of this cast. Oh. And you, I, and Erica, my brother's uh, partner, mm-hmm. saw it last month or earlier this month. Um, so this she month. raved yeah. about Again, it. Again, the longest yeah. month. Of the longest month. So they're going up to see that. They're also seeing Beetlejuice, which is what my niece really wanted to see. So yeah. they're going to be seeing that on Sunday evening. But um, excited about this. Hope that this cast, hope the SJB, uh, Seb, Krista cast sticks around in time for me to see them in, in mm-hmm. early November. But we will have to wait and see what happens with that. Or... Um, I'll have to wait, um, you know, for the next 10 minutes to see who the other people are that oh, are going to be God. replacing after that. Yeah. And was what that, a shame, I'm sure. Was that too, was that too subtle of a reference or do you think uh, people got that? I think, I think you'll be okay. I think yeah. you think I'm all right on that one? I think all you're right. safe. <laughs> okay. I mean, I didn't want to, didn't want to spell it out. I mean, no, I, don't, I, I never mean, like to never spell do out teases. that. Yeah. No. Anyway, I'm speaking (laughs) into the woods, getting into the feel good recommendations. There is a wonderful Washington Post profile by Peter Marks on the truly at this point Broadway icon Kennedy Kanagawa, who is the puppeteer behind Milky White in this revival. Um, Definitely read that. It is so good. And Kennedy is amazing. Special Tony. Give it. Yeah, my friend, I don't know if you you know Ashley Hufford or not. Um, I think Grace is. Yeah, social media. uh, from social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
she got a tattoo on like the back of her <gasps> bicep of Milky White. Oh my god, that's incredible! Yeah. I'm jealous. So, so look up <laughs> Ashley Hufford on every single social media platform. She's yeah. become a bit of a TikTok theater influencer. Um, yeah. but she's on all the social medias. There are pictures and videos of her Milky White tattoo. So, so good. Yeah, uh, and then finally we have a video of the legendary Tony winner Lilius White in rehearsals for her next Broadway gig as Hermes in Hades Town. Um, I I'm just I'm floored with this casting. Like yeah. between this and Nathan Lee Graham taking over on the tour, I'm like, this is how they they are not the big star castings of like the Into the Woods revival. But if you're gonna keep a show going in one way or the other, give me something interesting. Don't just give me carbon copies of what has already been there. Totally. Give me Lilius White. Give me Nathan Lee Graham because that is interesting and compelling to me as an totally. audience member who will definitely go. I mean, I'm, I've already got tickets to see just saying, yeah. Nathan on tour, but like. Assuming everything is going, like, I will go see Lilius on Broadway, and I will see yep. Hades Town for a third time on Broadway to see her. Fair. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to twist my arm to go back to Hades Town, but no. uh, this is definitely this getting cer- me back to Hades Town. <laughs> this certainly provides some twisting, nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Know This Is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.